The Touchdown City Show is presented by Salango Law, where you don't get excuses, you get results. Visit them online at salangolaw.com. to you from the Stone Church Studio in St. Albans, West Virginia. Here's your host, Anthony Lewis, along with Avon Coborn and Derek Bailey. This is the Touchdown City Show. Welcome into the Touchdown City Show presented by Salengo Law. I'm Anthony Lewis in the studio with Michael Sussman, Derek Bailey, and the GOAT, Avon Coburn. Gentlemen, this is the podcast version of our show. Right, let's get it in. So... First of all, West Virginia falls in Pittsburgh 38-31 in front of a crowd of 70,622 people. Over 70,000 people. There's a lot of shit eaters in that crowd, wasn't there? In the in the, oh yeah. <laughs> in the uh in the ketchup bottle. They don't call it they don't call it that anymore. It's Acresure. Acresure Stadium. Still Heinz. Yeah. So I, I do so with that big crowd and and I know we were fairly well represented um, up there. When Sweet Carolina came on, how electric was that? It was insane. I think the pit really showed out in the student section areas down on the ends. It was a lot of it. It's, it's a similar shade of blue. I guess there's a little bit brighter. Um, but they really filled out that part of the stadium. And, yeah, I was going back and forth. I don't, I don't know who got the edge. I think West Virginia probably did, hmm. at least in that category. Have you seen the videos of it? Oh, I've seen the videos. Yeah, it's yeah. Fantastic. And, fantastic. And listen, and for the people in, in, in Bristol, Connecticut, the ESPN, the executives, the pencil pushers and lawyers, that is exactly what college football is all about, what uh, you saw on Thursday night. So all this realignment, and we want this pe- these teams in this conference, and we're just killing these rivalries. In the re- it's regional football. It's regional football, and that's what they're killing. Nobody cares about Minnesota at UCLA. I, sh- I showed you guys that picture from Maryland yesterday. There looked like there was 17 people in the stadium. It's, it, it, the, the UCLA game was worse because you think the Rose Bowl's got 100,000 seats in it. I swear they announced that attendance is 27,000. There couldn't have been 10,000 people there. My, and, ne- my nephew went to the Maryland game yesterday. He's committed to play baseball there. So David was like trying to figure out, well, should we get with the coaches or maybe I can find a hookup, you know, because David played high school ball there in that area and still knows people. And then they discovered tickets were selling for $4. Four bucks. To, <laughs> to, to they the played, Maryland game. Let's get a row. They played Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. G- g- give me the whole row. <laughs> Anyway, back to West Virginia Pitt. Obviously, thirty-one or thirty-eight, thirty-one. Great crowd, highest ESPN-rated game in five years on weeknights. Three point one five million people watching. That um, is that, but that's a West Virginia thing. I, I truly think we started that Thursday night thing where we. It's just so you 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 knew West Virginia was going to play on Thursday. When you get a high marquee matchup like a, a that's a rivalry game. When you get a game like that on Thursday night and it's an opening season, opening weekend, really opening night in my opinion. I don't count week zero. People are going to watch, and you know it's been eleven years since the game was played. You just you have to have that game every single year, and I can't imagine. You know he was up there. Michael was up there. Fantastic. It was like. When they did the flyover pregame and the teams were, were just about to come out of the tunnel, it, it felt like an out-of-body experience. The place was shaking. It, it was I've never seen anything like it. And I don't give a crap about TV ratings and stuff like that. That's why that game has to be played. Everyone wants to see it. Everyone. All that build-up for just one game. Oh, come on. Now. <laughs> oh, God. All right, let's get into it. So, Narduzzi, was, he was mic'd up before the game and – they caught Neil Brown kind of downplaying it. And I don't know, he may have just been, you know, with his all shucks, trying to be nice attitude. But as a fan, that rubs people the wrong way. All, yeah, all Yes, all this build up for one game because it's Hell West yeah. Virginia Pitt. And I mean, and, and like, like it's one of those things when you cannot, you cannot, you cannot. It's kind of, you know, going back to my, you know, reading, reading my, uh, reading my kids, um, little engine that could. You cannot, you cannot say that. Um, about a West Virginia pit game. That's just it, you. It unheard of. You got to put in an email, 
and send it to, to nowhere. Because hey, listen, I was trash talking my grandmother last week. <laughs> As you should have been. Yeah, As and my cousins and my uncles. We were in a group text, and yeah. I was giving it to them. Yeah, absolutely. I it, mean, and that's it, what it's about. That's right. That's what it's all about. But when he says that, man, it just makes you think, does he downplay, um, you know, what this rivalry is about? And, and and is that probably why we didn't win this game? You, ha- I mean – like I, I think I mentioned it last week, you probably worked on something to beat Pitt at every single practice you had, whether you knew it or not. Absolutely. And I guarantee, I mean, I guarantee it was in there. Guaranteed. Well, the key number for West Virginia and Neil Brown in the Neil Brown regime has been 31. And we got there. And I felt comfortable. Especially the way the game was back and forth. And you didn't, you never really saw anything. You know, we would have a big play, but you wouldn't capitalize on it. But then you get, you hit 31. And for me, that's been the key number for Neil Brown. And then you get your 100-yard rusher, boom, ball game, and then the unthinkable happens. And, you know, you know that's not just – it's not just a, a Neil Brown thing. That was actually for Rich Rod as well. Um, that's that came into play. If we hit 30, we, you know, we won that game. Um, and I was like you. Once, I hit, once we hit 30, I was like – and then we had another 100-yard rusher. And, and he's the same when he has a 100-yard rusher. Um, he's undefeated. And – I'm like, wow, that that to me, and oh, we won at home. So, um, and uh, to have you know just that atmosphere, him doing him him hitting 31, us having a hundred yard rusher, and then we lose that game. I, I don't know. In my mind, it was over by that point, and then you know, unthinkable happens. So, so go, go well, ahead. Well, one stat we don't talk about with Neil Brown having we always have like eight drops too. So we can throw that one in there. <laughs> well, they match that. <laughs> yeah, they definitely match that. Not according to Coach, one or two. I yeah, heard that comment. I read that comment on. I read. I'm sorry. I read that comment on Twitter, and I kind of laughed. I was like, if he was watching two drops, I was watching a completely different ball game. Well, you know what's funny is when he came out in the press conference, he had me second guessing myself. <laughs> he, was, he was that confident, huh? I was like. And I set up for another 40 minutes. Like, let me wait. I'm waiting for the mail drop, you know, from the athletic department. And started even going back through, the like, the game. And, like, I was like, man, coach got me crazy yeah. out here. I'm not that crazy. Yeah. But, yeah, had me second-guessing it. Um, running backs, Tony Mathis, Justin Johnson, C.J. Donaldson. Let's start with Tony Mathis. 16 carries, 71 yards. Uh, what Avon, what was your evaluation on this on – the starting running back. Starting running back. He didn't. He didn't play. Um, he didn't play like he did last year. He he he, he saw himself. I don't know how he saw himself because I didn't talk to him. But I, the way I saw him playing, he wasn't hitting the hole like he did last year. I mean, he he had a couple carries where he you know stretch, cut, go. But then he did a whole lot of dancing, like you like 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 you said last week. You know, is he gonna have his Michael Jackson gloves and his high waters on and his white socks doing the move? I mean, he was dancing too much. Drives, that drives me nuts. I can't stand. I would rather him just run through a hole and get two yards and go down, and then, than to stand there and dance and lose four. It drives me. It's it's, it's in, it it kills me. And I think our old line our old line played well. I think our old line did well enough for us to, um, you know, to to get positive yards on pretty much every play. There were a couple plays where you know they they did get penetration. They they you know they get scholarships too. So but, well, they're a fan. They're they're a top. Pro- they're probably a top ten defensive line nationwide. You're not going to. It wasn't that last week. Well, you're not going to block them though. Like you're not just going to maul them every single play. Right, they're right, going right. to have moments. Exactly. Again, I mean, just like just like when I when I was a pro, my coach said, "Hey, they, you know, they get paid too. Like yeah. they're on scholarship too. Those yep. guys, those guys on scholarship too. They they're not poops. But at the same time, you expect you expect you know I me mean? because we're coming back with a line that that you know played the the you know pretty much everybody that was that played last year played this year. Um, we did have an injury early. Um, which which could have could have hurt us a little bit, uh, but you know Mathis, I, I thought he was dancing too much. I didn't think I didn't think he hit the hole the way he needed to. Um, you know, moving to Justin Johnson, you know he he played like Mathis played last year. He he knew his time was limited, and when you have that mindset sometimes of oh I'm gonna get another carry, I'm a you can't have that. You got to play your game, and I don't think Mathis did that. Johnson he hit the hole the way he was supposed to. I mean he was moving a pile. Um, I, I like the way he ran. He ran hard. He, you know, one cut and go. Because again, he, he in his mind, his time was limited. And of course, the surprise of the night: true freshman C.J. Donaldson. Let me give you a stats here: seven carries, 125 yards, broke one for 44 on his long. Had several longer yard or longer runs, and averaged 17.9 yards a game. Um, this kid is a tight end. And no, he's not. And they put him in the backfield. I mean, he's huge, though. I mean, he was running through guys. Like, his first carry, 
when when he broke a tackle, it was two guys that came to to hit him at the same time. He ran right through it. Um, he's a big body. Uh, and, and to be honest with you, I thought it was a fluke because uh, I'm like, well, this guy was um, he was a tight end. They probably thought he's gonna be in there blocking. But it, then it took me back to when I had my insider tell me they were high, and I think I told you they was like they're high on this other guy, but he was kind of a big guy, so he wasn't too keen on the big running backs. This was who he was talking about. You know, it reminded me of the days of like when you and Quincy would play. When Quincy, mm-hmm. you were the one. Quincy was the two. You got to, you know, they feed Avon, 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 and then here comes this bowling ball running through there, and no, you know, obviously two different body styles, running styles, but Quincy was hard, you know, in the third quarter, and then he's fresh. Forget about it. And the same thing with KJ and Quincy. They give you Quincy, 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 and, and then, then here comes get, KJ. Then you get 240 coming at you. Now. I don't think a lot of people are going to look forward to talking, tackling Donaldson if he gets into that second level. Those little corners and safeties going to be like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, and great performance by that young man. Uh, probably, my, probably my MVP, and definitely I look for him to probably get, I'm going to say 13 to 15 carries next week. Because I think West Virginia should be able to do it on the ground, and, and I think he will get those carries because not just not just what he did when he when he when he had the ball, but what he did when he didn't have the ball. He was blasting those blitzers like he was picking them up, and I, I bet you they're going to come in, you know, tiptoeing. You know, but, but <laughs> they're not they're not going to hit it because he's a tight end, so he knows how to block. He's going to hit you in the mouth, and he's going to move you too. So, which is going to give a lot more space for our quarterback. It's important to be able to block the or block for the quarterback as a tailback. Yeah, I mean, and that's getting into that. That's where that's where I think you know Tony kind of fell off because he. I mean, he's a big back. I mean, I'm we're saying we're saying Donaldson is is big. Mathis is big too. He's a big back. He's probably you know five eleven, you know two oh five or something like that. This, I mean, with that size, you're supposed to hit people in the mouth. When I played, and again, when I played, I hate when people say that. When I was in the league, when I was a boy, <laughs> when, I, when I played, you know, my I, I so I don't know if you guys remember, but my first game that I played, we played um, East Carolina. Mark oh, Bolger. do we remember Mark Bolger? And and the reason why, you know, Mark Bolger was on fire the first. I think he was like twelve or twelve, and then we threw a pass, and I cut a guy in the middle. The guy jumped over me, fell in Mark Bolger's leg, and we. Suffered the rest of that game. Rest of the season. Rest of the season. So, with that said, I never, like, I'm so a little your, guy. So, send your hate mail to the following address. <laughs> right, right. It, if you've it, ever wondered what happened, there you go. So, 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 yeah, I mean, I'm a little guy. So, I'm like, I'm a cut. I never cut a guy after that ever again. And for, for, for a running back to be, to have the size they had and for them not to strike those guys and, 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 Make them. That's something that I, I take personally. I'm going to make sure my quarterback is protected, and I'm going to hit you in the mouth, and I want you to feel me. And Mathis didn't do that well enough um, in this game. And, and you know, a good coach is going to point that out and say, "Hey, this young guy did it, and he doesn't. He hasn't been here." And to be honest with you, I we we might not have a controversy, but we may see CJ playing a lot more. If you don't block, you don't play. It's that simple. What'd you guys think of JT? I thought JT was phenomenal. Uh, better quarterback play than last year, obviously. He made some throws that were really nice. Of course, the drops hurt him. We've already touched on that a little bit. Um, the first throw of the game I thought was phenomenal. He threw an out route that was just – it was crisp. It was dead on the money, and it was covered, and it hit the guy right in the hands. He caught it. And uh, I thought he looked fantastic. He showed a lot of poise. He stood in there, and he hung in the pocket even in – with the pressure he was facing, I think he ended up getting sacked three times. Pitt came after him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought he was fantastic overall. And his calmness and out there and his poise, I thought that's great leadership. And I think he's going to be – I think he's going to play well moving forward. I was super excited. I was super excited about, um, you know, what how he played and just watching him. Watching – again, because in my mind, I'm like, this guy comes from Georgia. Um and when you come from Georgia, you, you're a higher level of talent than what we normally receive. I mean, we'll get a Mark Bolger, which I'm comparing him to. Uh, Bolger could have played anywhere, and we were just blessed to get him. Um, they, you know, probably coming out, they didn't think Bolger was as good as he was, but you know, he was a he was a double stud. And we got a guy that can sling it, can put it where it needs to be, um, and he threw the ball, like you said, with poise, um, under pressure, sticking in there, um, and and, and 
the deep balls. I mean, it, they didn't. He didn't. He didn't drop them all in there the way that I, I wanted him to. I thought we was gonna have six or seven deep balls for touchdowns. Um, I don't know. I was, I was excited. I, you playing Tecmo Bowl, <laughs> right. bro? I, Madden. I, 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 I had us thirty-eight. I had a score of thirty-eight. So you know that gives us. You well, know, yeah, you got to take some shots to get to thirty-eight. <laughs> he took. He took several shots. I'll, right. Harold. He tried to back oh, that no. defense up. One hundred percent. Yeah, he tried to back him up, but they just, just the, the, the shots didn't hit. Some. I mean, I don't. I, I don't even recall a, a deep shot hitting. No, I mean not not any not any of them that was like you know one two three throw. We yeah. he had a couple scrambles that that dropped in yeah. there pretty good. But I mean, he played well, man. I'm excited. I feel like we have a guy, um, and when you got a guy, you got a chance. I mean, when you have a quarterback, you have a chance. And and for us, you know, going into um, these next couple of games, I mean, we're gonna start the Big Twelve next week, and and I just feel like we're just gonna just be on fire next week. Offensively, I thought it was much improved. JT looked great out there. Um, I, we haven't seen that type of quarterback play obviously since Will Greer. Um, you, I think you've hit it on the, the nail on the head when you talk about the comparisons of Mark Bulger, where he's not firing it like Geno, but right. he's throwing everything on the money. I mean, it's right in the hands. I, I didn't see anything that was behind the guy or over his head. What Here's what you're not going to get this year. You're not going to just get like a little simple little dump pass where he throws it over somebody's head because he can't throw. He's accurate. Right. Yeah, he's not skipping it in there. And – I'm. I'm ex- I mean, it, it just gives you such excitement because when you know you have a guy that's going to do their job, and you're not. Oh my goodness! I got to go and I got to do. I got to run for two fifty today for us to win this game. And they're like, No, I'm. I'm going to just do my job because I know this quarterback's going to do his job, which makes it easier for everybody else that's playing along with with everybody. I think defensively, West Virginia did everything that they needed to do to win the other night. All it right, came I- down to drops and, and mistakes. At the end, you're not you're not gonna like 38's a big number, but the pick six obviously so 31. In today's college football, 31 is not that many points. I mean, they pressured the quarterback. Stills was outstanding. Bartlett was outstanding. The transfer number eight. I don't want to butcher his name. I don't know how to say it. It was Kapopka or something like that. He Kubota. Kubota. Okay, he, he was he was. I thought he was showed some promise. And the secondary, they got beat some. But when you're replacing starters in the secondary and your best defensive back goes down early, you're gonna you're gonna give up some big plays. I mean, there was some mistakes made, communication probably breakdowns like that. But overall, I thought the defense played well enough to win. They sacked uh, they sacked Slovis five times. I mean, they were they were getting stops when they needed. It's just West Virginia couldn't capitalize when they got the ball back, and they had they gave they gave them the ball back a couple times with a 31-24 lead and a chance to go down and seal it, and the offense just couldn't get it done. Well, obviously, that leads to the, the the big conversation. That's the fourth down call. Um, so, as as anyone that likes to argue, I can argue this to, to <laughs> many ways. Um, my personal opinion is, um, I think Neil Brown did the right thing. And now I'm going to hear the chorus of boos from all the <laughs> listeners. But when you've got your defense playing the way they played, and it's and you're up seven, you kick the ball and you make Pitt go 92 yards. But on the other hand, I get why people are upset. People want to see him be aggressive with the play calling and take some chances. But like Dana Holgerson found out yesterday, <laughs> going forward on his own 29, that could turn around and bite you in the rear end. Had you turned around and gave Pitt the short field and they go right down and score, then people are pissed off. So I see it both ways. Um, realistically what ended up keeping Pittsburgh's drive going and opening their playbook was the targeting call. So if you don't get that, you've got Pittsburgh pinned, they're probably punting it back to you and you get the ball in the 50, then you can seal it. I'm 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 in a different opinion here. It was fourth and six inches. If you can't get six inches, you don't deserve to win anyway. Now granted it wasn't the end of the game right there. There was still no guarantee West Virginia was going to score. And if Pitt stops them there's no guarantee Pitt goes down and scores. But if you keep possession of the ball, you still have an opportunity to run some more clock and maybe even get down. You have a you have a Groza Award watch list guy kicker. If you can get fifteen more yards, you might get you might get a field goal and go up two possessions with say seven minutes left and you're up thirty four twenty four and then Pitt's kinda kinda get comeback mode there. They may be throwing and the way we were pressuring the quarterback, I think would have been a big difference in the game. But there was still no guarantee they even got a field goal. 
And like you said, the punter punted it into good position, targeting penalty, and then the playbook opens up. So there's no right or wrong answer, but I would have gone for it. That's my personal opinion. But hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, and you know, the Monday, Monday morning quarterbacks are, are who they are. I, I, I agree with the call. I, just like Anthony, I, I agree the call was, was right. Um, and I looked at it from two different sides. Um, as a player, um, I would have been campaigning to say let's go for it. I don't know if I saw that from the, the people on the field saying, Coach, let's go for it. Because, again, emotion gets the best of everybody. And if he has his guys that's out there saying let's go for it to do it, He's probably going to do it. Second, as a coach, I'm like, no. My defense is, is playing well. Um, like, you know, two stops before then, you know, we, we three and out, three and out pit, you know, we've been playing well. Um, and also, I mean, we got 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds playing. You get one guy go wrong way. Why risk that putting them, putting ourselves in a position to, to give Pitt a short field and like like I said, we had punting. Our punters were kicking it inside the ten almost every time. I thought it was a great call. Um, you know, trust your players. You know, in, in that position, if you're in the NFL, you're not you're not even thinking about it. I know we're not in the NFL guys, but at the same time, the mentality is, hey, my players are playing well. Let them do their job. Our defense is playing well. Punt it off. Actually, in the NFL. I've seen him start going for fourth downs left and right now. Lamar Jackson, now Lamar Jackson. Don't get me wrong. That, I mean, they go for it all the time. Absolutely, now. that's the only that's the only team that I that I've seen do that. I've seen several, but I mean, I'm just I'm in the corner of being aggressive. And if you can't get six inches, do you deserve to win anyway? And that's not even the end of the game, though. Either way, it is not that is not the biggest. There's no one play that wins or loses the game. That game wouldn't have won it or lost, or that play wouldn't have won or lost the game anyway. Hey, man, that's why we have the microphones and hit record <laughs> so we can debate it. Exactly. And and that's the funny and that's the thing, you know, Twitter, social media, people, man, it's easy to sit in a bar and drink twelve beers and, and second guess every damn play. It's real easy to do to do that, 100%. and it's easy to go out and buy microphones and sit here on Sundays huh. and or whatever day you want to record and, and second guess everything. But guess what? That's what we do. That's the fun of it. Yeah, so, I love doing. Do you think Pitt's tight end caught that ball? <laughs> <laughs> Silence. That that is. Uh... I'm gonna say no. I don't think he caught it. Actually, I'm gonna say no. He didn't catch it. But what you couldn't see on review was whether he did or didn't. I think the ball clearly hit the ground. I mean, you just couldn't see it on review. It reminded me of 04. They got they some got other all that. No, call like no, that. No, that one in 04, that one in 04 was ridiculous. It bounced off the ground and the guy fell on top of it. You could see that one plain as day. But this one the other night, there wasn't really a great angle to say whether or not he caught it. Now, in live action, it didn't look like he caught it. Now, granted, it was a first down play. So, you know, second and two instead of second and ten. Big play, but. I couldn't tell if he caught it or not. I don't think he did. And you couldn't tell on replay whether it definitely hit the ground or not. I thought he caught it. To be honest with you, looking at it, I I thought he caught it. And and just because, one, they they called it a catch and and there was no way to refute it. And looking at it, I I thought he caught it, to be honest with you. Reese Smith, same situation. Sort of. That bounced. I mean, that, see, I thought that would clear. I was in. The, I thought that. I don't think it hit. bounced. It Roll. didn't. It rolled. Yeah. The ball rolled when he had, but his hands were under it. But the ball rolled. If the ball didn't roll and he would have just like slid and kept a hold of it, I think he'd have been. I think he'd have been fine. I think it'd have been a catch. I mean, it. It. it yeah, his hands got under it, but it, I mean, I said it bounced. It. It rolled while he was while he was moving. Yeah. I mean, it was a hell of a throw. I mean, it was a great effort. I mean, yeah, great effort it, all around it, for it, it West took Virginia. Me, it Day. took me back to to Pennington's catch. I was like, man. Is this is this the, is this Grant. Pennington over again, all over again? You know they're really high on Reese Smith. Well, they should be. Yeah. They're really high on him. He makes apparently he makes really acrobatic catches and that was really that good. was the uh, he got a scholarship this year, right? I don't know if he's just now getting on scholarship, but I thought he was on scholarship last year, so I don't hold on. That's um, I'm thinking. Okay, okay, no, no. There was another guy that that got. Remember, we was watching. He's making all them crazy catches in the spring game. And then he got a scholarship after that. Okay. So it might not have been him. Ree Smith. Yeah, Ree Smith is he's he was here last year from Kentucky. Yeah, wrong guy. Wrong he, guy. Uh, but uh, they're really high on him, and it was good to see. You know, it, it, listen. I think our sol- our wide receivers are solid, and I don't understand, and never really been one of those people to pinpoint one play. So I don't really like when people are going after uh, Bryce Ford Wheaton. Listen. 
Bryce Ford Wheaton is third generation. He's the third generation in his family to play in that game. If anybody feels like shit, it's him. Mm-hmm. There's no one in the country that feels worse than Bryce Ford Wheaton right now. And the sad thing is, is if Bryce Ford Wheaton's not on the field, West Virginia might not even be in the game. He was fantastic. I mean, he sure, you can say, oh, he dropped a ball, he dropped a ball. You're not going to make every play. And that one play did not lose West Virginia the game. There were several plays before that when West Virginia had a lead. That I disagree. Won the game. That play lost us the game. Period. Period. It was the decide. It was, it was the decision maker. It was the deciding play. Right. But I don't think it necessarily lost the whole game. It's like a kicker missing a field goal, and you say, "Oh, he lost the game." Well, he did lose the game. <laughs> what you talking about? Like, let's keep it a buck. Like he lost the game. Like that pit. If he would have caught that, we could have we could have ran the clock out and won the game. Period. But Period. I, but I don't think people need to. Um, no, no, we're not bashing him. I mean, no, he's, he but feels, it, yeah. again. So my my question is, and I didn't see it, and you were there. Did he take responsibility for that? I don't think they brought him out, did they? He did not do a post-game press conference. That's no. terrible. Um, I know that uh, JT said he picked him up and he was taking it pretty hard after the game, but um, uh, no, we didn't hear from him. Yeah, I mean, nobody nobody wants to go out there and answer questions. But but you have to, though. That's the thing. I'm, I remember myself in Syracuse. We were, we were driving to win the game. I fumbled on a one-yard line, and I had to go face the, face the music. You know what I mean? Hey. It was my fault. I'm going to do better. I, I lost us that game. We were coming back. We were I know, driving. I was booing the hell out of oh, you, too. Oh, shut your ass up. But, but again, <laughs> man, like, that play lost us the game. Like, there was no – that was the next play. That play was the play to, to give us what we needed to win that game. And, and you know, I, I wanted to hear him say, you know, look, this was this was my fault. I, I, I will do better. You know, I let my team down. And, and if you got that from a player – him taking him taking accountability of his mistakes, I mean, the whole the whole world will be on his back. Like you know what, this guy, I believe in him, and and I do believe in him. But I'm just saying, I didn't hear that from him. Well, I promise you, there's nobody that feels as bad. Like again, no, third true. generation. His grandfather played in the game. His uncle played in the game, and he basically this was his crack. And to, uh-huh. and to think that it of all the people that play falls onto, right. it, and I feel that's where I feel bad for yeah. him. And don't get me wrong. These guys are are athletes, and this is what they train to do. Um, and and but man, I feel bad for him just because grandpa, uncle, family, entire family, all they're golden blue, and it he's happens, golden man. blue. And it, if you walked to up that. to him and asked him right now, he he'll tell you, "I should have caught the ball." He's not going to lie to you. He'll right. tell you, "I should have caught the ball. I dropped it. I blew it." He's and a, he feels bad about it. He's in a situation where he kind of has to be our number one wide receiver right now. But usually your number one whiteout is a guy that you turn to to win your games, to make those big-time plays down the stretch. Uh, in a dynamic offense, is he a legitimate number one receiver? I mean, listen, I, I know I can, I, go hand-peak, so. I can go hand-pick a few wide receivers from around the conference, put together a really solid. I mean, does he start – is he going to be first-team All-Big 12? No. Is he going to be second-team? Probably not. I think he will be first-team All-Big 12. I mean, well, we'll see what happens. Rest of the season. he's listen. He's got the guy to throw it to. That's him. what I'm about to tell you. He he's got a guy that can get him the rock. And then also, I mean, would he play? Would he play for Alabama? I think he would as a third or fourth guy. Though I is, think is he'd he the be a number two. Guy? No, he won't be a feature I, guy. But I think he's. I think he's a number two guy. I have a. I, have, I don't want to take away from Ford Wheaton because I think he's a good player. But I'm like him. I don't think he is a a number one. Like he wouldn't be a number one at a lot of schools. I don't think he's he's not the best receiver in the Big Twelve. I mean, he's not a go, he he's a good player, but he's not a like a great go to guy like where you can throw him ball because he and I hate to say it, he drops too many passes and we see it every week. And you have to you I mean in don't order hate to, be, to say it. That's well, what we but but that's what you, that's what you have to be though. You have to be a sure handed receiver. Like if they're going to come to you late in the game like that, you have to catch the football. Like Joe Montana wasn't throwing that ball to Jerry Rice because he he didn't like because Jerry Rice was open. He was throwing it to him triple cover because he's like, oh Jerry will catch it. I'll just throw it. He's down there somewhere. Just throw it up. And not to really jump on the rest of the guys either, but I know they're waiting for Caden Prather to take some steps. And you know he dropped the ball. He fumbled. He fumbled. I'm just waiting for him. Sam James dropped a ball. The tight end position dropped a ball. I mean that's the thing. Like. There's, who do you go to that's consistent that catches the football? And I don't think Ford Wheaton's that guy right now either. Now he can develop into it, but right now I, I agree well, he's he, not that he's, guy. He's the guy that we supposed to be, that he's supposed, he's supposed to be, to be that, be guy. that guy. Yeah, and, and and it takes me back. Like you know, does you know if 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 our quarterback was in Georgia, would that play have been made? 
No, they'd have ran the ball because they beat everybody by 100. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to get Michael Sussman's report from the press room as he got to fling some questions at uh, at Coach Brown. Um, he wasn't in quite the – he wasn't downplaying the um, – the pit rivalry after the game, that's for sure. And we'll do that after this. If you can't be an athlete, be an athletic supporter. The Touchdown City Show will be back right after this. The relationship between a lawyer and a client is based on trust. You have to make certain that the lawyer you hire has your best interests at heart. This is attorney Ben Salango. Just like the Mountaineers are fighting hard on the field, the Salango Law Firm will fight hard to win your case. Whether it's medical malpractice, automobile or trucking accidents, hiring an experienced lawyer will make a difference in the outcome of your case. When you hire my law firm, you get results, not excuses. Check us out at salangolaw.com. At Summit Community Bank, we believe in making people our priority. We believe in personalized service and exceptional financial products and services that meet a diverse range of needs. So whether you're saving for college, first-time home shopping, planning for retirement, or managing a small business, Summit is committed to helping you live your best financial life. Visit www.mysummit.bank to learn more. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. It's time for a Labor Day tent event. This is our biggest event ever with the most cars and most offers. We've got four locations of inventory. Not only are we selling at our main lots, we've got tents at the Canal Mall and Plaza by Trojan Landing. With the best trade-in figures powered by Kelly Blue Book Instant Cash Offer, you can get the best deals of the year. Every test drive is a chance to win $1,000. Buy a car and get your choice of $1,000 cash, no payments until 2023, 250 gallons of gas, or take a bigger discount. Just go to Tundra24.com and see for yourself. Hey guys, it's buy one get one free boneless wings every Thursday at Buffalo Wild Wings. And guess what? You're gonna be a dad? What? No. It's boneless Thursdays, which means free wings. <laughs> You'd be a great dad. Buy one get one free boneless wings every Thursday only at Buffalo Wild Wings. Buy one get one of equal value free at participating locations for a limited time. While supplies last, limit one, not valid with other offers, size exclusions apply, delivery and takeout valid on Buffalo Wild Wings website or LPs may apply. This is the sound of a rodent escaping from your mousetraps. This is the sound when you see him running in your home. Did you know, for every rodent you see, there could be hundreds you don't. There could be one in your kitchen cupboard, another under the fridge. Chances are, you don't want to know where the rest are hiding. Since 1963, Alford Home Solutions has been the local name you trust for pest control service. For a free estimate, visit AlfordHomeSolutions.com. Welcome back to the Touchdown City Show. Hello, Mountaineer fans. This is Michael Sussman here with the Touchdown City Game 1 recap brought to you by Salango Law. West Virginia dropped a 38-31 heartbreaker to the Pittsburgh Panthers in Acrisure Stadium Thursday as the backyard brawl returned for the first time in over a decade. Despite the loss, the Mountaineer offense showed many promising signs, including the play of junior quarterback JT Daniels, who threw for 213 yards and two touchdowns. Daniels hit Bryce Ford Wheaton in the corner of the end zone to take a 7-3 lead with 12.45 left in the first quarter and would connect with the junior wideout for another touchdown to open up the fourth. Here's what Daniels had to say on those two throws as well as his early season chemistry with the Mountaineer receiving core. Yeah, uh, with all the receivers I feel great about it. Um, you know, I played football for a long time uh, and, a, and a lot of just throwing a back shoulder fade is, you know, it's something I've been doing since I was 10 years old. Uh, at this point it's pretty much second nature. I don't have to think too much about it, and it's something me, Bryce, KP, Sam, really all of us have worked a lot on. And it was a successful debut for freshman running back C.J. Donaldson, who rushed for 122 yards and a touchdown. Donaldson got the Mountaineer offense rolling early in the second quarter with a 44-yard trot to set up the first touchdown of the season. Here's what he had to say on his introduction to Mountaineer Nation. Well, my first uh, snap was on a uh, kickoff return, and then I kind of like zoned out from there, and then when I... My number was called. Tony told me to focus in and just uh, live in the moment, and I was just living in the moment. It was very, uh, how should I say it? It was very eye-opening. Like, I wasn't expecting to see 75,000 people out there from high school. Most I ever played in front of was probably max was 2,000. It was a very great experience. 
Lee Koba led the way for West Virginia defensively as the junior college transfer recorded 10 tackles in the loss. Uh, mainly for me, you know, I just try to focus on doing my job, getting everybody lined up and playing hard always. So, you know, when the play, when the play come my way, I just try to make it. After a back-and-forth battle all night, the pivotal moment of the game would come at the 2.55 mark in the fourth quarter when Bryce Ford Wheaton dropped a screen pass straight into the hands of Pittsburgh defensive back MJ Devonshire, who returned at 56 yards for a touchdown to put the Panthers up 38-31. Here's what West Virginia head coach Neil Brown had to say on the crucial drop. Yeah, did you? Which which one are you talking about? The one that, that we got returned for a touchdown? Uh, what about the kid? He made two touchdowns too. I think we I think we had two we had two drops tonight, right? I don't know how many times we threw the ball. Forty. I think we had two drops. One of them was inopportune. You know, it was what it is. You know, the kid also plays ass off. You know, and thought he fought. And he not only did that, he made a hell of a play on punt, covering down. And JT Daniels echoed a similar sentiment as the WVU offense looks to bounce back moving forward. If that, if I throw Bryce a thousand stop routes, that might happen once. Uh, it's just, I mean, it's unlucky. It's a fluke thing that happened, and it happened. Coach Brown also doubled down on his decision to punt the ball away on fourth and one at the pit 48 with West Virginia up seven midway through the fourth. So six minutes, it was a little, six, a little over six minutes to go in the game. It was fourth and about a foot. We're up seven, um, so you can pin them, and we did. We, you know, here it is. It's um, six oh one to go. I looked up the clock. They had to go ninety eight yards, and we're up by seven. You know, if you go for it there and you don't get it, then they've got a short field, and they had three timeouts. So, best answer I can give you: if I had to do it again, that's the same. I, I would, I would do that same, same decision. Even with the gut-wrenching defeat, the return of the backyard brawl did not disappoint as a crowd of over 70,000 Mountaineers and Panthers packed Acrisure Stadium. Here's Pitt head coach Pat Narduzzi postgame. That was a backyard brawl for sure. Um, you know, first of all, you know, we'll just talk, let's just start with the fans in that stadium today. That place was electric. Uh, you know, Pitt fans showed up like big time. You know, I was kind of uh, real upset the night before when I heard there was going to be 75% West Virginia fans, which I knew you know, ESPN had some bad, bad facts, um, but uh, they disrespected our fans and our fans showed up. Oh, it was a tremendous atmosphere. It was not, you know, in between the third and fourth quarter that, you know, our people and, and their people trying to have a yell out on, on Sweet Carolina. It's just, I mean, here's the thing, it's a great college football game, you know, and I don't think we played our best. They didn't play maybe as good as they can. I don't know. But it was a hell of a game for a first one. You know, I thought we represented ourselves pretty well on national TV. Um, I think this rivalry represented itself pretty well on national TV. This has been Michael Sussman reporting for the Touchdown City Show. That'll do it for this week's game recap brought to you by Salango Law. Back to the Touchdown City Show presented by Salango Law. That was a great report there. Uh, Coach Brown uh, got a little testy. Was that was that you that threw that first question at him where he said I'm, yep. I'm not being an ass? Yeah, very first. Well, that was the second uh, question. I, he, he said ass in his answer to me as well, a little different context. Um, but he also just kind of made a non-factual statement. Uh, he said, what do we have, two drops tonight? I, I counted about five or six, first off. Um, but secondly, uh, yeah, I mean, the story of the game, the pivotal moment was the Bryce Ford Wheaton drop. And end of the day, guys, our receivers got to make plays. That probably cost us a few games last season, drops in inopportune moments, and in the biggest shining moment and the return of one of the best rivalries in college football, your number one receiver drops the ball. Yeah, unfortunate. Um, before the game, ESPN had Narduzzi uh, mic'd up, and I, I heard it too, Derek. Go uh, ahead. He said all this buildup for just one game, he is in Neil Brown, and I mean – that's kind of disheartening as a Mountaineer fan. You haven't played Pitt in 11 years. It's probably, in my opinion, it's the biggest game on the schedule this year because Virginia Tech you've played recently, and it's not just one game to Mountaineer fans. It's a rivalry game. It's 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 one of the best – it's probably a top five rivalry in all of college football, in my opinion. And people on Thursday night saw that. And when your head coach says that, it's very, very disappointing. It has the history to be it, top it's, five. It's top sure. five easily. So, so I mean, looking at it looking at it from a, from a perspective of, of a regular fan, I get what he's saying. However, with him, you know, it, it just shows that – he's supposed to internalize this thing the same way that everybody else does. And he didn't internalize the hatred that we have for that organization 
up the road a little bit. You know, it's kind of, you know, thinking about how Ohio State, Michigan, they don't even mention their names. You know, the, the, Coach Nealon does not say Pitt. If if you go one and eleven and you beat Pitt, that's that matters. Like these other games, like Army Navy, he doesn't get it. That's that's the thing. Like you have to understand that. Like I understand what you're saying as well. Like it's just one game. It is just one game, but it's the biggest game on your schedule. That's the reason that it's not just another Derek, game. Derek, he should not have said that. No, no. Period. period. It's some of those things that you think that you you know some things you think you should never let come out of your mouth. You know what I mean? You just those things just they need to stay inside your brain and let that just sit there and then send that to an email to nowhere. Could you imagine Nick Saban Nick Saban saying that about Auburn? Right. Could their fans <laughs> would lose it. Their fans would lose it. And and we're you know people people I I actually didn't hear it. So when you told me that I was kind of I was kind of pissed. Like wow, how, <laughs> yeah, yeah, why yeah. would he say that? Like yes. why, how could he? Say, I can understand being a coach. You know, it's a whole lot of build up for one game. Yes, but. It's pit, exactly. And you haven't played them in eleven years. You know what? Um, you know, getting back to kind of like the press conference. I liked. Um, I really liked JT Daniels' demeanor in the press conference. Um, he wasn't bummed. Like he wasn't. He he was very positive about his team. He, looked, he showed a lot of leadership just in the press conference, and that shows me he's QB one. All day long. Did you did you guys get to see his presser? I, I didn't. I didn't. But but just from from what I've what I've heard from Facebook, Twitter, um, same thing. He he is he he has demeanor of being QB one, and I hope he believes what he said as well as because I mean again he's coming from an organization where they're five stars everywhere, um, and and again I don't want to belittle my guys. However, would he have had those drops? Is that in his mind? Like, man, if I was back in Georgia, would my guys do this? No, he he was very he was calm, cool, and collected, and supportive of his guys. Yeah. yeah, and even on the Bryce Ford Wheaton thing, uh, what he said was that if he throws that ball a thousand times, he's catching it nine hundred ninety nine. It was just the one time in the wrong situation, it slipped right through. But he was letting it rip too, a couple f bombs in that post game press. Yeah, he's not. Uh, I've noticed that about his press conferences. He's 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 a cusser. That's good. I like that. I like that. I, I like that, too. I think I, that relates to a lot of Mountaineer fans because I am as well. I was cussing yeah. when that ball was dropped. <laughs> yeah. Everybody was cussing. Unfortunately, I'm not a we, cusser. you don't get the real flavor of us on the radio. But if you listen to the podcast version, you might hear a little bit of that. But I, I like that. about it. That's got heart, man. Yeah, that, sh- that shows fire. that he cares. Well, that's important to me. That's that they important. care. Some guys, you know, some guys are just like, oh, we lost. Who cares? Yeah. Do we have a quarterback or do we have a running back controversy? Not not yet. Not yet, but yes. <laughs> not yet, but yes. <laughs> uh we I don't think we do because this guy's a freshman. Um and to me, I don't think he's as explosive as as we would we would, you know, we would like. However, he made plays and those other guys didn't. So You don't think he's explosive? I don't think he's very explosive. No, I don't. I don't think it's a controversy necessary necessarily, but I do think that Donaldson stole some carries. Oh yeah, and I think you'll see a lot more of him moving forward. I also thought Donaldson might have been a little bit better in pass protection than Mathis, which kind of surprised me. You know what? That was one of the things that I was going to bring up as well. Donaldson was blasting when he was in there, and uh, uh, he's used to blocking. Yeah, absolutely. So and Mathis got got the quarterback hit. A couple times. A couple times. I mean, it hit pretty hard, and he missed a block. Yes. He missed a big block that when the ball went up in the air, that was because he, you know, and um, um, Wheaton made that that great catch. It was because Mathis missed that block. So that that to me that to me is bigger than running the football. Can you protect the guy that's throwing it? I was just going to say that at the end of the day, when they break it down film, if you're missing blocks and you're going to get your quarterback killed, you're sitting your butt. In the the NFL, if you don't block at running back, you You, don't play. You don't play. You don't play. And that's not just in the NFL. That's in college too because those guys are, again, we know how it works. That, That quarterback is the centerpiece of what we do. And we haven't touched on it yet either. Garrett Green got a carry in that game. And he, he was, I mean, he was this close. Like, he was an inch from going big time, an inch from going big time yardage. Did you see when and, he came, he off, came the off the field? He came off the field, he, even, he, he went. even signaled it. Yeah, you could see it that he was an inch from going big time yardage. Um, well, going into next week, obviously the NFL season starts. 
And um, let's take a quick look at some of the guys that are going to be uh, going to be on some NFL rosters. Um, Derek, you want to kind of go through it? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, there's there's quite a few, and there's some guys there. I know uh, David Seals made the Giants first time he's made an opening day roster in the NFL, and the Giants are kind of fed up with their star receiver there, that Galladay. He might actually see the field. He might get to play some this year. I don't know. He won't. He won't be a starter or anything, but he's probably going to get to play. Uh, obviously, Rasul Douglas is with the Packers. He had a huge year last year after did, he was signed. Did they extend his contract last year? Uh, last the year? Packers, I think they did. I think he got a pretty good, pretty good. Like he got like a two or three year contract, I think, from the Packers. I'm, I may be wrong on that. Don't don't quote me. But one he, of those guys, he's he, one of those guys that it just took he, he, he right place, right time. They like signed him in like after like four or five games, and he he. I mean, he really played I heard extremely big things well. About him too. He played well last year for the Packers. He had several interceptions, and then of course Trayvon Wesco is still bouncing around, and he is a West Virginia native, so it's good to see him. He was with the Bears. I don't know if that's correct or not. He was he was with the Jets. They cut him, and somebody signed him. I think it was the Bears, but I'm not 100% sure. Uh, but there's several guys still playing. Tony Fields is out there. Greer was cut by the Cowboys, but I think he's on their practice squad. So they cut everyone they except cut everybody. for back. Yeah, they don't even have a backup quarterback. So they'll make somebody active this so, week. Uh, they have to. Have it was to. just one of those days where they had to – you know, they have to – Finagle the roster. The roster, yeah, that, that that bonus. The guy that can't believe it, Quentin Spain's not on a roster, and I thought he played pretty well for the Bengals last year. He'll, he'll probably get, into, get signed somewhere along the line if somebody needs an offensive lineman. Mr. Un, was he uh, – He was undrafted. Undrafted. You yeah. know what he calls himself on Twitter? Yeah, he, he was, was undrafted. undrafted. Yeah. And then, of course, Kevin White can't catch a break. He was with the Saints, and they released him because he got injured again. He just can't catch a break. But Kazir will probably start for the Eagles. Carl Joseph got hurt. So he's on. He's on. Yeah. Uh, I think the pup list. Mm. He he came off the game off the off the field in the boot first game that's, practice game. That's, and Tavon Tavon was actually signed to somebody signed him to a practice squad. I think it might have been was it Buffalo. Well, they released him. They released him. So somebody signed him to a practice squad. I tell you, who's going to be out there killing people this year? David Long for Tennessee. <laughs> he starts. He's a stud. He is a. He's stud. really good. Yeah. And Geno's quarterback one yeah. in Seattle. So going in and going into the NFL this week, uh, a lot of Mountaineers on rosters, practice squads. So make sure if you're an NFL fan, make sure you flip around and, and check out those guys. Gino will be starting in Seattle, um, and then also you know Wesco, he'll be up in Chicago and Kwiatkowski, Daryl Worley. Those guys are all there. So make sure you look for those guys on NFL rosters. And when we come back, we're going to go through scores around the Big Twelve, and we'll do all that after this. Where do you go to buy your sports memorabilia? Hmm. Your answer needs to be Sports Fans in Taze Valley. Sports Fans has WVU and Marshall shirts, hats, autographed merchandise, gifts, and more. NBA, MLB, NFL, and other NCAA teams. Shop in store at Liberty Square in Taze Valley and online at Sports with an S, Fans with a Z, WV.com. Sports Fans, the Canal Valley source for all things sports. It's Mountaineer football season at Tony the Tailor. Tony the Tailor is the Valley's preeminent men's clothing store. Master Tailor Anthony Perizzino has assembled an extraordinary combination of world-renowned vendors and support staff with one goal in mind, to exceed your expectations. In addition to hand-tailored clothing, Tony the Tailor also sells quality WVU apparel from Johnny O to show your support for the Mountaineers. Use promo code Let's Go for 20% off WVU apparel at at bestmastertailor.com. Get more bank for your business with United Bank. Whether you'd like to start a business, purchase commercial real estate or equipment, United Bank can help. We support business development throughout our great state, making business and consumer loans and fueling opportunities. Small business owners' dreams come true and larger corporations grow. What can we do for your business? United Bank, West Virginia's bank. Proud to be united with the Mountaineers. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. You've been in an accident. It's time to call Warner Law Offices. We've recovered millions and millions of dollars for car accident victims. Don't settle for the insurance company's low offer. Call us today. No upfront cost, free consultation, and no fees until we win your case. Warner Law Offices, when you need justice. Bobby Warner, now's the time. Call 345 
This is Aaron Beasley, and you're listening to the Touchdown City Show. Welcome back to the Touchdown City Show, presented by Salango Law. Lots of good college football going on around the country yesterday, boys. I don't know about you, but I was happy to see – I was happy to be able to flip my television on at noon and, and catch ball games. I know, Derek, you are – I'm going to go because I know you are all the way in it. I I really, really enjoyed it. I mean, I got I got four babies, and uh, I, I had to switch, and, and they took over the TV because – they actually broke one of our TVs, and I refused to put it back. We went and bought the TV sitting in a box. I refused to put it up. Um, but it was just so refreshing, man, just seeing just the raw love of the game, just guys going out there and just playing their hearts out. Here, I want to play this for you guys yesterday. So Cincinnati and Arkansas played. Oh, Lord. You guys know his, who their coach is, Sam Pittman? Oh, Pittman is fa- – I think he's doing a fantastic job. Yeah, he tur- – listen – they were really, really, really horrible when he went there, and they're pretty good right they now. They were probably the worst team in the country. Well, they were definitely ago. the worst team in the SEC. I mean, they were terrible. So they, you know, they win a big game yesterday against uh, Cincinnati, and here and we talk about wanting your coaches to. Coach, I asked you what the host of this party was going to be serving up today. What's the drink of choice tonight? Well, you know, I. I'm not promoting it, but I like some old cold beer. I think I'm going to have one. I'm not promoting it now. <laughs> I mean, you want your coach to have a little flavor. You know what I'm saying? So He's doing he's doing outstanding. I really like Pittman. I think he's doing a great job down there. Like we, Arkansas, they were getting beat like 40 to nothing every week before yeah. he showed up. It was under Belima, I believe. Was Well, they know what even Belima. I don't even remember who their coach Everybody was. Everybody likes a cold beer, though. Yeah. Good for Pittman. Hope he enjoyed it. Yeah. Hope he had 10. Yeah, okay. I mean that's a big win for them. That's a huge win that's for Arkansas. A huge win. Yeah, starts the season off right. They're ranked. I mean they're going to be they're going to have a good year. Well, good for them. Um, Alabama had a scrimmage yesterday. <laughs> that was, an, that was Man, internal. That was crazy. That game was fifty-five to nothing with ten minutes left in the third quarter. I, I watched games all day yesterday. I have four TVs, guys. You all know how I am. I watch all day. I've come to determination that Georgia and Alabama are going to play twice again, so everybody can go ahead and just get ready for it, because Georgia way late Oregon and Alabama. Alabama was it was it was. I looked over and it was like twenty four to nothing. It was in the first quarter. I was like, good lord. Uh, is Texas back? They beat La Monroe fifty two to ten. Oh, they're back all right. You wait till Saturday. They're going to be back. <laughs> they, they got Alabama Saturday. Oh yeah, they're going to be back all right. If they beat, I'll tell you what. If they beat Alabama, I'll give them credit. They're not beating Alabama though. I mean, they they lose this. The reason why they 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 who they play like uh, little sister of the poor, Law Monroe, uh, Law Monroe, they, that's they, Terry Bowden. They they were beat. They were winning. Who who they play? Uh, 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 Michigan State or something? No, uh, Western Michigan last year and lost. No, they lost. Pitt lost to Western Michigan okay. last year. Yeah. Kansas beat Kansas, Kansas beat Texas last year. Kansas. Oh, so fifty-two to ten, Kansas over Law Monroe. K State over South Dakota, thirty-four to nothing. Um, Oklahoma did what they needed to do against UTEP. A lot of empty seats at Oklahoma. Did you notice that? I did not. See, I did not see the crowd at Oklahoma, but I saw it at several other games. Yeah, some we'll, of those games. We'll were try cool. to get into that. Um, Iowa State uh, over Southeast Missouri State yesterday. Anthony Beck's on Rocco got into that game. Your old teammate. Yeah, Beck. Um, so Rocco got in yesterday. Quarterback or at quarterback, true freshman. Did Did anybody happen to catch any of the Iowa and I think it was South Dakota State game? No, Iowa wins the game seven to three. You know, most fans across the country, oh man, Iowa only beat them. They scored a touchdown and won seven to three. Iowa gets two safeties and a field goal and beats beats them seven to three. Oh my goodness! <laughs> one of the most boring games I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, I can see uh, Big Ten football. Is boring, well, you man. watch that one and it's seven to three, and then I'm watching Appalachian State and North Carolina. Oh, that was a barn burner! And it right goes sixty three, sixty one, and they're like Appalachian State has a forty point fourth quarter and loses. A 40-point quarter. As Coach Nealon said, they just turned defense back 100 years out and, there. And then if you flip it over on that Iowa-South Dakota State game, it turned back offense to pre, pre-1900. Yeah. Uh, the fighting Dana Holgerson's yesterday, um, whew, three overtimes. They got lucky in that game. I watched it, too. I had it on. Well, I had it on. I didn't watch all of it, but I had it on. There was a play in the third quarter that he went for it on his own 29-yard line, and UTSA stuffed him. But they had too many men on the field. It was twenty-one to seven at that point. UTSA, and then Houston went down and scored, 
and then tied the game later and went in overtime and won. They scored 17 in the fourth. They would have been in big trouble if that ball would have been turned over right there because UTSA was already in field goal range. Well, we mentioned Dana er- earlier about people ha- loving Being the aggressive. fact that he goes and that's is aggressive. Good, yeah. But, folks, that's the other side of the yeah. ball. If you don't get it. I mean, granted, they had too many men. If they don't have too many men on the field, though, they're in deep trouble right there. Because they kick a field goal, they're probably down 20. They're coming Minimum. to t- – they're, go- they're going to Texas Tech Saturday. That would be interesting. Yeah, that will be a good ball game. Uh, Virginia Tech – Old Dominion, uh, Old Dominion, twenty, <laughs> Virginia Tech seventeen. The Fighting Gobblers got beat down in Virginia again. That was a that was terrible. Um, that was terrible. I, I I was I was very excited because again we have to play them and I'm like yes that's exactly what we need. I mean, I'm crushed to see Virginia Tech lose to Old Dominion. It's it's terrible, isn't it? It's really sad. Well, they got Beamer balled yesterday. I told you before yeah. we even, they even rolled. So they had a snap go over the kicker or the holder's head, return for a touchdown. And the kicker, if I, li- if I heard that correctly, is a transfer from like Coastal, Coastal Carolina and hasn't kicked in like three years. That's the starting kicker for Virginia Tech. Old Dominion. That's not Beamer ball. Old Dominion has beaten Virginia Tech two times now in like five or six years. When they had Heineke that plays for the Commanders at, mm-hmm. at quarterback, they beat Virginia Tech then too. Never did I think Virginia Tech would be this down there, or very down. Grant Wells, of course, played high school at GW. Four picks. Whew. Yeah. Tough He night. was 21, 36, 193 yards, one touchdown, uh, four interceptions. So I, we, I watched the game. Here's, here's my thoughts on Wells. He made some great throws, but then he made some really poor throws. He's literally the most inconsistent quarterback I've seen in quite some time. I'm talking like nice balls over, tucked it in and ran one in. He was doing the right things, could pull it down and run, which we'll see in a few weeks. He's going to tuck it and run a few times, but he threw some terrible picks. But the the fourth one was a Hail Mary. Yeah, he threw a Hail Mary at the end of the half. But but the other ones were bad interceptions. That was the complaint at Marshall. The he running back for Virginia Tech, though, if I mean, I'm telling you, if we don't focus, we got to make Wells beat us because he ran for 119 yards. That game is on a Thursday night in Blacksburg. It's not going to be a walk in the park. I don't mm-hmm. care. It doesn't matter it doesn't who's matter. going. To, it's a, it's not going to be a walk in the park. Well, I'm just telling you, we've got to make Wells beat us. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You, you, can't, you can't go to Blacksburg. You can't go to Blacksburg and and think you're just going to win exactly. That game regardless. You, yeah, and you was, have to take that serious. I was high school baseball teammates with Grant, and he's he's a good kid. He's got a good head on his shoulders. I think he'll he'll bounce back and, and keep moving forward. Well, we don't want him to bounce back. Come on, we don't want that. We want him to continue to be in September twenty third. He can bounce back. Yeah. <laughs> hey, don't look now. The Fighting Rich Rodriguez is of uh, Jacksonville State two and zero, thirty five seventeen over Davidson yesterday. Man, Rich, and he beat Stephen F. Austin last week. Yes, which was an upset. Them. They spanked Stephen. His quarterback ran for like one eighty five against Stephen F. Austin. I think he's he, got a quarterback. He's got he's got somebody that got some wheels. Yeah. Hey, shout out to Xavier Bosley from South Charleston High School. My dear friend Jason Bosley, uh, his son has been moved into the second string role. He had an injury in front of him, so it looks like they're going to have to burn his red shirt. So he's going to be playing tackle as a true freshman. So he's going to nice. he's going to be uh, earning his stripes as a true yeah. freshman. All right, we got to get into it. We got about two minutes, guys. Kansas, West Virginia, Morgantown, six o'clock. I don't even know where it's airing. Probably like ESPN Plus. It's ESPN Plus. Uh, West Virginia, Kansas. Let me and let me put. I'm just gonna say this up front. Kansas is a better football team this year than they were two years ago, and even last year. Kansas was actually pretty good last year. Um, regardless of you know how we think they are, they actually played pretty good. Um, so getting into it, I know for sure this is a this is a dub for us. I mean, we we the way we played and, and the way we are. I, I'm hoping that the mindset is. And the leadership that we have with the new quarterback, we're going to bounce back and we're going to blow them up. Their coach, their coach actually won six Division three national championships at Wisconsin Whitewater. Did a good job at Buffalo. I don't know if it'll show up at Kansas or not. He's a pretty good coach. Uh, the the worry next Saturday is will Pitt beat you twice? You got to be ready to play. You can't let Pitt beat you twice. I think West Virginia will bounce back and win the game. Nighttime in Morgantown. Uh, there's no no beer that is safe in that town for a six o'clock start. I think West Virginia rolls next week. Um, actually, I think we curb stomp them just because they shouldn't have had they they had no business being that close yeah. with us. And I think this team it just seems a little bit different. I think they're going to come out aggressive and uh, and curb stomp them in Morgantown. So I don't even want to put a score to it. I'll, I'll just say 
you know, the, a lot to a little bit. They're only a 13-and-a-half-point favorite, which surprised me. Well, it's going to be West Virginia. And if you notice, boys and girls, I up on our board, <laughs> Derek, you're leading the way. You're 1-0. We're Avon and I are 0-1. We're going to keep track of this because last year it felt like we got halfway through the season and we forgot. Uh-huh. So I'm going to keep track of all of our predictions. And um, and so, Michael, you'll be going up next week and covering the Mountaineers? Yes, sir. I'll be there. Um, doing kind of the same gig as last week post-game press conference and all that. For, for you guys, what do you want to see? If, if it's just one key for West Virginia against who we expect to be an inferior opponent, what, what do we want the takeaway to be? I want us to run, run the football offensively dominant. I want big plays on by our receivers. I want to see the receivers catch the football. I'm with you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, folks, thanks for listening to the Touchdown City Show. That does it for us, and we'll be back next week. We'll see you. The Touchdown City Show is presented by Salango Law. Get your Touchdown City merchandise by visiting touchdowncity.com. The Touchdown City Show is produced by Anthony Lewis in partnership with HD Media, the Charleston Gazette Mail.